You know, not everything our mind tells us is true, especially if the limiting belief is something that has stemmed from childhood. We have grown and with that, it means sometimes what our mind repeats to us is not aligned with what we have done and accomplished in the real world. This is the Hello 20s podcast. My name is Jan and I'm your host. I'm an online content creator trying to navigate life while in my 20s and sprinkling a little knowledge and wisdom here and there. Let's face it, we don't have it all figured out, but we can learn a little from each other along the way, and I'm so glad you guys are tuning in on today's podcast. Hello friends, welcome to this week's episode of Hello 20s. I hope you're doing well as we're moving into the new month. So as a kid, I feel like the thought of being in your 20s felt like you would be this big grown adult, have life figured, you know, you feel secure about your future and have this crystal clear path of what is up ahead. But as we enter our 20s, it feels like There's just a lot of trials and errors. The security blanket covering all aspects of life is not there and lessons just keep coming. I saw a tweet a year ago that changed my perspective of life in your 20s. It said to look at your 20s as the start of your adult life, which is like, of course, duh, right? But it like puts it into the perspective of, sure, you have 20 years of life experience but as an adult specifically this is a new experience so for example if you are 21 you are in your first full year of adult life and it's similar to if we were one we would be in our first year of life in general (laughs) or life as a child and as a one-year-old you are expected to explore and learn about your environment Figuring out the fundamentals of how to operate with the support of your parents or guardians. Your 20s is similar to that experience, except this time it's figuring out the actual real world as an adult yourself. And as valuable as learning and gaining lessons are during this period, what is also important is unlearning. Entering the years of being an adult means full autonomy you know, having full control and decision-making in your life. However, before that, what we learn, what we know about the world, what our habits are like, have been influenced by our parents, what we've seen, where we lived, or who we interacted with. And that could be very limited because as a child, you don't have full freedom in choosing those things. So this means a lot of what we know or think we know about the world is formed during these childhood years. We do things and have certain thoughts that are on autopilot at this point because it's been ingrained in us for so many years. And as we grow into an adult, sometimes what we have known or thought don't serve us anymore. It does take some time to recognize that and learn how to unlearn these things that we have collected throughout the years. Unlearning requires us to be, you know, open-minded. It requires us to drop the ego and challenge beliefs that were formed as a child. 
unlearning old patterns allow us to clear the path and redevelop new ones that are more beneficial to the life we are living now. So here are four things that we can start to question and unlearn in our life while we are growing into our 20s. The first one is unlearning limiting beliefs. A lot of us have some kind of limiting beliefs in us. These limiting beliefs are thoughts or attitudes that hold us back from reaching our full potential. Oftentimes, these limiting beliefs are formed from some sort of negative experience from our past, or maybe someone said something to us that would limit our belief, or perhaps we may have seen or heard it from someone and it just stuck with us. Sometimes these limiting beliefs are tied to our old identity and as we grow, a part of us may still hold on to that belief, which would hinder us to grow even more. When we keep telling ourselves these limiting beliefs, we're really judging ourselves and preventing ourselves from overcoming it. By telling ourselves these limiting beliefs, it's our brain's way to protect us from pain. The pain that we may have encountered the first time that caused us to have this limited mindset. If we don't address the negative beliefs that we have of ourselves, we will continue living a life that does not feel fulfilled. It's that frustration where you know you are capable of so much more, but you're holding yourself back. And there's nothing worse than knowing that you are the only one that is really preventing yourself from leveling up. Some examples of limiting beliefs that are common include saying that I am a shy person, I can never lead a team, I'm bad at managing money, I'll never be successful in what I do, I won't be successful in this certain industry because of who I am or how I look, I'm not good enough for a certain person or group, I'm not creative enough. Those are just some examples. So how do we unlearn these limiting beliefs? Well, the first thing we need to do is to be able to identify what our limited beliefs are and how it's affecting us. Next, we need to question the accuracy of this belief. You know, not everything our mind tells us is true, especially if the limiting belief is something that has stemmed from childhood. We have grown and with that, it means sometimes what our mind repeats to us is not aligned with what we have done and accomplished in the real world and we just haven't sat down to question this limited belief and reaffirm ourselves with proof that we have done things already since the formation of the limiting belief that proves it is wrong so once you question it you have to challenge it if there is no evidence that challenges the limiting belief, you can replace the current negative belief with a new and empowering one that will support your growth and development to the new version you want to live out. Repeating positive affirmations back to yourself is a technique that works for some people. It's reverting those negative self-talks and putting positive ones in place. I know sometimes the thought of repeating a positive affirmation back to yourself may seem silly and honestly maybe for some people words just don't affect them that much but definitely give it a try. It's better to have that type of chatter in your mind than um, a negative one that is always gonna bring you down. 
And lastly, practice self-compassion. This is going to be in all of the ones I'll touch on in this episode. Unlearning takes a lot of time and effort. Our mind loves what's familiar and not everything that is familiar is good for us. Sometimes we really just need to shed a layer of familiarity that is preventing growth. Next, we have unlearning bad habits. We all know that habits are the building blocks to the quality of life we live. If we maintain good habits, we are more likely to live a better quality of life. If we maintain bad habits, the quality of life may not be as good. So habits are such an interesting thing because some we develop on our own and others are influenced by who we surround ourselves with. As a kid, the habits we most likely have have been taught by our parents Um, and as we enter our school years and especially college habits are influenced by our peers that is why they say you are the sum of the five people you mostly hang around with what's so tricky about habits is that good habits are hard to keep up with the first few weeks and months but once you get past that threshold those good habits are ingrained in you Now, bad habits are sometimes very easy to pick up, and once it becomes a habit, they are very hard to shake off. There is a quote from Russell Ackoff, who is a professor and organizational theorist, and he said, the only thing that is harder than starting something new is stopping something old. The strategies we have for unlearning limiting beliefs are also very useful for unlearning bad habits. First, identify the bad habit. Then, try to understand where this habit came from and if there are any triggers that cause you to engage in this habit. These triggers can be certain objects you see, a specific environment you're in, or a specific person or group that triggers this behavior. After we have identified and understand what causes this bad habit, In order to carve it out of our routine and life, something needs to replace it. For example, if you have a bad habit of clicking the snooze button on your phone when you wake up, replace that phone alarm with another type of alarm to help you wake up early, but especially so you cannot hit the snooze button. This is something that I've done. Um, I know I hit snooze if I can and when I can. And so it is a habit that I am trying to break. So I replaced my phone alarm with a light alarm, kind of like a sunrise alarm. I haven't fully replaced the phone alarm yet because this is still a new thing that I'm trying out. Um, And I am a little paranoid, so I need the phone alarm as a backup. But what I've noticed is my body is able to wake up and not feel groggy if there's enough light in the room and since my window is not east facing there's not a lot of sunlight that comes into my room in the morning so i have a smart plug and i have an alexa i just have alexa turn my lights on um, at the time that i want to wake up and so far it's been working really well i have it turned on a little bit before my phone alarm sets off so i don't hit snooze as often anymore And when I wake up, I don't feel as sleepy as I used to when my room was a little bit darker. So that has helped me um, 
sort of break the habit of hitting snooze. It's still a new thing that I'm trying out, but it's been working pretty well so far. Sometimes just changing your environment can have dramatic effects on ending certain habits. We have assigned certain behaviors that become habits to certain environments. A change in environment can really help change your behavior because it's the environment that triggers specific behaviors within us. Having accountability buddies can also be very helpful for some people. However, when you choose an accountability buddy, you need to be selective. Sometimes your best friend does not make the best accountability buddy. You know, you need to find someone who understands where you're coming from, your struggles, and your vision. Someone who is not afraid to call you out or question you when you are not showing up and not committing. And then lastly, when you plan your framework of how to unlearn a bad habit, you need to plan for failure and allow space for that. When you are aware that there may be setbacks and failures, you allow yourself to experience that because you kind of have it planned in, right? And I think when you do that, you are also less harsh on yourself when those times come and you're more willing to show up again after a setback. Atomic Habits by James Clear has a lot more detailed guides of building good habits and breaking bad ones. So check the book out if you are interested in learning more about unlearning bad habits and learning new ones in place. The third one is unlearning toxic relationships. A lot of what is portrayed in television and media are spun around toxic relationships. Whether it's platonic or romantic, it's the toxic ones that sell and grabs the audience's attention with its drama because that's what people love to watch. And so if we have encountered bad relationships in our life, whether through seeing it or experiencing it, it creates the narrative of how we think relationships are. The more exposed we are to these types of relationships, the more we believe it's normal and the behaviors within these types of relationships should be tolerated, which is not right or true. So signs of toxic relationships include one-sidedness, manipulation and control, jealousy and possessiveness, constant criticism and insults, lack of respect and boundaries, gaslighting and denying their actions, isolation from family and friends, physical, emotional, or sexual abuse. If we're in these types of friendships and romantic relationships or relations with family, it can cause a lot of unnecessary stress and anxiety. It can cause our mind and physical body to break down. It can make you feel trapped. You can't go anywhere, do anything, and really live peacefully. Sometimes you don't even realize you're in a toxic situation until it's too late or you're looking back at the situation. So in order to prevent it from happening, we need to recognize toxic behaviors when it presents itself. We also may need to unlearn what we thought was love and relearn what loving someone in a healthy way looks like. Some strategies include recognizing toxic behavior for what it is. You know, sometimes jealousy can be confused for protectiveness, but most of the time, if they are showing signs of persistent jealousy, then let's call it for what it is, right? If it looks like a duck and it quacks like a duck, it's a duck, unfortunately. <laughs> and I think this is something that is hard to recognize 
when feelings get involved, it's like putting on rose-colored glasses and not being able to spot any red flags. But your friends and your family, they have no feelings involved. So they can spot that red flag like a neon sign. The next thing you can do is to set boundaries and distance yourself from toxic people. I know it's a lot easier said than done. However, if you know they are not good for you and you have set boundaries but they are okay with crossing your boundaries, they unfortunately do not respect you or your boundaries. Being familiar in unhealthy relationships is allowing that kind of disrespect. You have to understand that those who really care about you will respect the boundaries you have set. You also need to understand the dynamic of a healthy and secure relationship with yourself and with others. You need to practice self-care and prioritize your own well-being. You have to learn and understand your attachment style and what triggers causes you to stay in toxic situations. You have to learn how to walk away from toxic situations. Even if you saw good things in that person, sometimes it's better to love someone from a distance, right? And then the last one is unlearn what it means to fail. A lot of us were taught at a young age that failure is bad and it's something we should all avoid, but that is not very helpful or accurate, especially in our 20s as we explore adulthood. Failure is a part of exploration. Avoiding failure actually hinders growth and learning. It's through failure we allow ourselves to experiment and try new things, to broaden our horizon and discover what works and what doesn't. And we need to reframe our perspective of failure. Failing is not and all be all. It's rather a stepping stone towards success. There's a saying that it's better to fail early and fail often. A lot of life is just trying out things and failing until you reach success. So if I told you you were 10 failures away from hitting your target, you will be eager to fail. Entrepreneurs, innovators, authors, musicians, and so much more, not every single one of their ideas are successful but it's the ones that keep trying and failing who ultimately have gained so much experience and knowledge that they do end up finally reaching success. So unlearn what it means to fail. It's not the end of your life and it's not as humiliating as you think it is because at the end of it, even if you fail, you still gain some type of knowledge and experience from what you've done, which is a whole lot better than not doing anything. Alright friends, those were four examples of what we can start to unlearn in our 20s. I wanted to mention these four first because I think they're the most relatable or common. I also wanted to bring this topic in for discussion to encourage you to reflect on what it is you may need to unlearn as we progress and learn more in our adulthood. Just as important as it is to carry new lessons forward, we also need to evaluate old patterns, behaviors, and beliefs that are not serving us and are weighing us down before we move to another chapter in our life. Unlearning is really just going back to yourself, to the version that you wanted to be before the world or someone told you not to. Unlearning is purposefully taking one step backward, repositioning so that you can take two steps forward. If you enjoyed this episode, you may also want to check out episode 91 all about self-sabotaging, but that is it for me today. I will talk to you in the next episode. Bye!
Thank you guys so much for listening to this episode of Hello 20s. Let's get connected and continue our conversation over on social media. The links are in the show notes, so you're only one click away. I hope to see you there and I'll talk to you guys in my next episode. 